What's up, Trey? Uh, let me ask you a question. In school or in life, did we ever have some like bully, some some jerk, just always ragging on you, always like just fucking annoying you in your life? I think I did in like like first and second grade, and then we later became friends. Dude, me too. <laughs> I, I don't remember being, ever being angry in high school, besides two times. One, because a bitch-ass teacher. But two, <laughs> I, I think I was tr- we were trying to get on the public buses because that was our mode of transportation in high school. And like there was a lot of pushing and stuff like that going on. And someone like, pushed me and my glasses flew off. And I, th- the rage inside of me, the rage inside of me. And it was someone that I wasn't, uh, like, I wasn't unfriendly with, but I was never, like, it just wasn't in my circle. And it was always like one of those rowdy boys. And I was like, yo, I, I think I like grabbed them. And I was like, yo, don't like, don't touch. I, I, th- I feel like I said something like, don't touch my glasses or something like this. Not even tough. It's not even tough. <laughs> you could have been the biggest person ever. Like just this big, yeah. muscly dude. But the second you say, don't touch my glasses, <laughs> you lose all, all credibility. <laughs> that said. And it wasn't even towards me. It just, I think I was just in the way, more or less. And yeah, that was my experience with my very mild bullying, which I think was probably from me more than anything else. Anyways, let's jump into this mother effer. Listen, guys, this is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at, look at them through the lens of filmmaking and how to move forward. Trey Epps. Danny Taverner. And today we're talking about The Jerk, a very different kind of jerk. We're talking about Steve Martin's The Jerk, directed by Carl Rayner, written by Steve Martin, Carl Gottlieb, Marco Elias, starring Bernadette Peters and Steve Martin. Uh, And this is about a simple-minded, sheltered country boy who suddenly decides to leave his family home to experience life in the big city, where his naivete is both his best friend and his worst enemy. The title is kind of misleading. Uh, misleading. He's not a jerk at all, but can I read you what's on the poster? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, Steve Martin holding a chair. His pants are down. He's in a robe. <laughs> He's holding an assortment of items. And on the upper left-hand side, it says he was a poor black sharecropper's son who never dreamed he was adopted. And that's kind of exactly where the movie starts off. I uh, <laughs> remember watching this movie when I was a kid. And there were certain parts that I very much forgot. But there were Same. three things that I... <laughs> the only things I remember about this movie. I was born a poor black child. <laughs> the dog named Shithead. And when he's getting shot at in the gas station. <laughs> this guy hates cans. Oh, so funny. So funny. Now, I, I, all right. So interesting based on conversations that we were having before. This is first, this is the first starring role from Steve Martin. And, and him and Bernadette Peters were in a relationship at this, at this point in time. IMDb says it was a personal relationship or whatever. Oh. It was the ninth. Exactly. They were forking and spooning. (laughs) The ninth highest grossing picture of 1979. Grossing over one hundred million dollars. How, how so much was the budget? <laughs> how much was the budget? You ask, Dan. Four million dollars. So it 
Like, come you on, son. Good for them. That's, Good for the, that's the goal of any any comedy. Uh, that's really funny. Let's see. It's really all I have at the moment. But you picked this film, didn't you? I did. I forget why. <clears throat> okay. I remember this being, look, I love Steve Martin as much as the next person. I remember this being like top-notch, hilarious Steve Martin flick. Like best of the best, a million laughs per minute. It was partially true. <laughs> 89 on the AFI's, I believe, comedy movie list. Steven, uh, Stanley Kubrick's favorite, one of, one, of, one of his favorite movies. Stanley Kubrick's favorite movies? One, one of them, yeah. He's a big admirer of this film. Now, Dan, see, here's the thing. I love... Love, love, love Steve Martin. And I don't think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people. I sound so old when I say this. I just don't think people know the brilliance of Steve Martin now. And it's a shame because it. I find it to be such a specific kind of humor, such a specific kind of joke that I think you're right. And when, when you're like, <laughs> it kind of holds up. It's like, I think some of these jokes are spot on and ridiculous and like just very funny. And the other ones are just... Silly. Like, they're so, it'd be very silly yeah. if I had to put it in a category. I had, what's the song that him and Bernadette Peter sang? Shit. What was it? Oh, You Belong to Me? You Belong I to Me is in my... We should, we should have practiced this. I would have... Hold on, let me get my trumpet. <laughs> Visual goofy gags like that when she pulls out the trumpet and just starts <laughs> horning away on it. Genius. And it looks great. Perfect, perfect comedy. It looks great, and I am con- I'm convinced she's actually playing it, even though she's probably not. It's so it's so silly to be like, I was What's born- that movie with Michael Caine and Steve Martin, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Mm. Yeah, yeah. We have the same, like you said, it's like goofy, kind of slapsticky. It's like what I, in my head, is the epitome of like Steve Martin comedy. Like wild and crazy guys kind of level jokes. I love wild and crazy guys. Oh, so I I read Steve Martin's memoir, which he talks a lot about his career, which is funny. I I, I think I read part of it and then I listened to part of it because I was like, if he's going to read it to me, I'm going to listen. Um, born, born Standing Up. Born Standing Up, yeah. I, mean, I, I met him at Barnes Noble during like one of the signings. I was, I thought I was really pumped by this. I will... I'm sure there's a picture on Facebook or Instagram of, like with me and Steve Martin. I was really excited. Like the guy's a legend. Just I, I don't know how I don't know how you get to be that legendary. Considering that the guy took off, he took off for years. He took off like he took off, like was just out of show business for years. And I'm not sure how long that period was. And I'm not, I forget exactly why. But even with his like comeback with Martin Short. And I, it's not his comic. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't should say that. But you know, most recently he's been on tour with Martin Short, and like, yo, Chima doesn't. We don't make movies like that anymore, my guy. Where else are you gonna find Hilary Duff, Steve Martin, yo, <laughs> that girl from the Missy Elliott videos? Yo, the girl from the Missy Elliott videos. Piper Parabo, uh, Tom Welling, yo, yo, Tom Welling, yeah. <laughs> and just like that, tons of people don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> that was 2003 2003 we are old it's insane how old we are I, I, was saying, I was like I was like anything with Hillary Duff I'm fucking there Steve Martin 
all about it. True, like true story. I, I was in love with Hilary Duff. Uh, Carl Reiner, legendary director and writer. Sorry. Director Fatal um, Instinct. Best friend of Mel Brooks. Correct. All right, let, let, let's get down to it. Cause I feel like, I feel like you and I are in the same space of like, it's hard to break down like comedies in ways that are critical. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to be like, if this joke sucked, because what I think, of, if I think a joke sucked, it's not the same thing as you thinking a joke sucked. Right. Mm. But the story of the jerk is a fairly simple one and a silly one that goes from like, it goes from joke to joke or gag to gag. And you can even argue that it's a very long sketch. Right. And, and I don't That's mean that in a bad way. Exactly how it felt when I was watching it. It felt like an SNL character. Cause also the pacing is so quick. Like things just happen just to move it along, just to get the jokes yeah. going on to the next situation that he finds himself into. It's Amazing, really. It's it's amazing to. It was it was amazing to. It's amazing to it, listen. I think what SNL does in terms of characters like this, and I, I point to SNL just because it's the biggest thing that we have in our sphere that creates characters uh, that we usually see translate into films. It's it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard to take these characters and make them meaningful. And I, I'm not sure if all those, if these characters are meant to be meaningful, but to be able to make them stretch to an hour and a half instead of four minutes is a fucking task. It's a really big task. I don't think people put a lot enough credit to. And I have a whole dialogue about, about comedy not getting the, the, the prestige that it should do because we either like it or we don't and we don't really see the work that's being put into it. But I, I do think, I do think much like. I always think of Will Ferrell in terms of commitment, but as much as like Christian Bale commits to a character and he's lauded over this, I think, I think uh, Steve Martin will, will have a character and never let up on it. And he's yeah, like, cause to he's play committed. someone this stupid, <laughs> <laughs> naive, naive, while still, while still maintaining not even like a reality because it's like a it's a far it's a farce it's like a right it's the whole thing is absurd right but to keep that level of stupidity while still hitting every beat and getting these jokes off is very impressive so so impressive and so many <laughs> like so many like just visual gags and just small small jokes in that they're just kind of tossed aside, but they're so funny. Like at the very beginning when he's hitchhiking and oh, the guy's yeah. like, I'm going as far as that gate. And he's like, okay. And then he gets in <laughs> or his family's like, I wonder how he's doing. I don't know. Let me ask him. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm leaving soon. <laughs> but where do you, where do you find that now? What, like what's the closest thing you find that other than like TikTok, where we have like these gags that, not only it, it, like it pushes the story forward. We know he's leaving, right? We've all seen this before, but it, it, it subverts it to something that's a little bit, I, I don't want to say highbrow, right? But it subverts it. So it's like, oh yeah, we're, like, we're going to make this moment a bit comical because we all know that this character is going to hitchhike and land in whatever space he's going to land in. Uh, yeah, the take jokes are much, much smarter than the character and the situation. Where I right. think now, if you have a stupid character, the jokes themselves are also stupid. Right. And the situations are stupid. We're right. not to say that this didn't have stupid jokes or stupid situations, oh, but I think very. overall, 
the comedy is smarter than the character itself and the situations themselves. Yeah. I, and that, I think that's a really great way to phrase it. We often talk about, and, and especially in drama, right? We talk about how, or like, sorry, in, in, in like crime stories or mysteries, like, right? Like the audience is, the audience either knows something that other characters don't or they're on the same exact page. Like they know nothing until, you know, the character leads it to them. And I think it's funny to have that be translated in, in a comedy, in a comedic way of, no, no, like the jokes are so much smarter than this person is. And you as an audience member are on, like, like you're understanding this properly. This character mm-hmm. is stupid. Like the can scene when he's getting the shot at. The can scene is so funny. It's hiding so behind funny. cans. And he's convinced that this guy just hates cans. Yeah. And it, go, it goes on for a bit too long, right? A bit, which makes it funny, right? It, it, it just doubles down on it because he just keeps hiding behind cans. basically like, what other, where in this auto shop could we find stacks of cans? He had behind the uh, oil cans, the Coke machine. Oh, the Coke machine is so funny. He hates those cans too. And then he drives away in a car that has no rubber on it. It's just rims. <laughs> You know, like he, he, you know, he, when, the, when the guys come to the, first of all, the whole gas station scene, it must be like the first, this is like the second act, right? Like we're right into the second act. And, you know, he's like, I've seen, he's talking to the cops and he's like, I, I've seen this trick before. Don't worry. I'll keep him here. I gave him a bunch of free tires. <laughs> Why? Why do they want so many tires? Oh, ridiculous. So he's ridiculous. like, oh, I'll keep them. And they're just like, hey, you guys want to get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> oh man. So good. But again, oh, paced, paced so that we could just move on to the next joke. I'm you right. and I have both been in comedy sketches or improv things, situations where you want to move it onto the next joke so badly. Yeah. But people just stay in the moment, which sometimes works. Sometimes it's good. Absolutely. But in this movie, the quickness of it, just to get to the next joke. Because that's all you need in a movie like this, where it's just stupid, stupid, funny, smart jokes. Mm. We don't need to watch him actually work at a gas station or actually do these things that he's trying to do. We just need his naivety and stupidity to get him into a new situation. And and it it, exactly. And from the gas station, from this moment or, you know, whatever that that moment was, I forget. He's now off at the circus. Right. So it's just. Again, if you think about it as a, as a big sketch, it's like, okay, the sketch is ending and just like, I guess, Mr. Show or whatever it is, like, we're going to make this like smooth transition into the next thing. And, it, and it's great because we end up finding these moments with Bernadette Peters and, and, C- and, and Steve Martin. And you're like, oh, this relationship is weird and strange. And we don't know why these two people, like, she's weird and strange in her own way. And she leaves them, which propels the whole thing to... A level of, of, of absurdity, right? Like he finds his fame. Like the moment he finds his fame. She's <laughs> also weird and strange in a way that she's just like cool with how dumb he is. Right. Listen, we all have like loves. When they're, when they're in the trailer and he's like, can you, you ever think you'll have sex with your boyfriend and think of me? And then he's like, or maybe you'll have sex with me and think of him. And then she's like, or maybe the two of you can have sex with each other and you can think of me. And he's like, I'm just glad to be involved. <laughs> How do you deal with the anti-gravity? <laughs> so stupid. Uh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, so stupid. 
but, but but we believe it. We believe we believe those moments, and then we and then we are on a trajectory. Like she leaves, and you know he fi- he finds her again, and like he gets this money, and like he does exactly what everyone would do stereotypically mm-hmm. in this situation. Right, the money goes to their heads. The the success kind of goes to their heads. The fact that he hold on hold on my favorite scene. My favorite scene is he's with the investors or whoever it is, and they say the N word. And oh, yeah. you have never, you've never seen a, a scene flip so quickly <laughs> in the most ridiculous ways. To a point where I'm like, yeah, if everyone acted like this, the world would be better. The yeah. world would be better. Uh, and he essentially just beats up the, the, the white folks, which is hilarious. Hey, I'm, I also love <laughs> when he first moves into the house and he's writing his family back home. He's like, you know, I've always wanted a house on a hill. With a yard and a dog. <laughs> and you know, I've always wanted a, a study with orange curtains and a pool with Grecian statues and S shaped and all these super specific, outrageous, lavish things. I've always wanted it. I've always wanted a red billiard room with a stuffed camel. <laughs> you know, Dad, I've always talked to you about. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, no, stop. Stop it, Dad. Oh my gosh, so funny. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I have nothing else to talk about this movie because I think it's just going to be us talking about the jokes of this movie more than actually talking about it. I, I, again, I really enjoyed the, the relationships that were happening throughout this whole thing. Like just his relationships with people are very, very telling. And like, uh, like you said, it's all farce, but it's also like a bit of satire with how we are, interact as human beings. By the way, I'm just going to say his invention, not so crazy. Looks crazy. crazy I need one of them right now. If you had one of those, you might not have gotten enough fight on the bus. That's true. Exactly. Think about it. I would have been able to hold on. on. (laughs) You could just grab the, what was it called? The, the, I don't know what it was called. Something grab. Opti grab. The opti grab. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Yeah. Alas. This movie, I know this is asked a lot about comedies from 20, 30 plus years ago. Go on. Could it be made today in the same no, way? No, absolutely not. No, because we don't make com- I don't, we don't make comedies the same way. Like let alone let alone like you know I was born a poor black child, yeah, which is hilarious. I just don't think we are. We, <laughs> I just don't think we make comedies the same way anymore. Which is a shame. I I love I love these kind of broad comedies. I love these I love these kinds of things that just are silly. I feel like our last bit of silly film, like silly comedies that were mainstream were like those spoof comedies, you know, like, I don't know. Scary, movie, not in scary movie, not another scene movie, like that, that whole period where it was just like spoofing. First of all, done fantastically well. And actually Marlon Wayne, also, speaking of scary. What an era. Where it's just like, general- we're just going to satire these movies. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. Marlon Wayne. Marlon Wayans was on a podcast with Kevin Hart and he said like, you know, the first two scary movies involved the Wayans brothers, but the, all the other ones did not. And he was saying how like the wine scenes essentially just like took it from them. Like they didn't leave. It was taken from them. I mean, hashtag, hashtag them too. After the, <laughs> the quality fell off significantly. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry. Ten was terrible. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more like nine. Nine was the worst. I mean, it had Charlie Sheen in it at some point. Like Disaster in the movie. Of his, like, all those side 
ones that they were just like money, money, money. Let's make yeah. more of these. Yeah, I remember. I remember having not another team. I don't know how we got into this. I remember having not another team movie and like actually like legit loving it. Legit, like this is great. Some spoof movies at some point. Scary movie was so good. Anyways, Dan, you pick this movie. You go first. All right. I really wanted. While I was watching it, I was like, man, this doesn't hold up as much as I remember. And I wanted to say it wasn't required. But um, the amount of jokes and goofy <laughs> gags in this movie and just how silly it is. I'm going to say yes, because for a silly movie. And it's not always about profit, but for a silly movie to turn this kind of profit <laughs> and have such hilarious visual gags and stupid jokes that while they are stupid still hold up yeah. after all these years yeah i'm gonna say it's required you know what i i was on the fence the entire time and i, I think i waited for this conversation and sometimes this happens when i watch movies i wait i wait to actually be able to talk with somebody else to hear what they think and sometimes validate or invalidate my own thoughts. And yeah, it, like, it's, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. I don't think you make it's that dumb, much money. It's, funny. it's it's dumb and it's funny. And you know what? Like, I, I don't think people, I, I, I keep generalizing and say, I'm, I don't think people these days will get it, but I don't think they'll get it. Or we'd be making these movies now. I don't know. That may be a, a backwards ass thing to say, because I think we should be making movies like this, but what's up? Yeah. I don't know really what the reason would be why we don't make these movies. I think it's all down to money. And I think, I think but with the pandemic, it clearly makes money. Well, I agree. Kind of I, I completely agree. I think with this, with, with, with the pandemic, we have seen such an influx of movies being made, which is very weird to say, but so many movies have been made and like Netflix is pumping things out all the time. And I think I, I, like Netflix is a great example of like, they have Adam Sandler fucking by the balls pumping out a movie every week, every month, every mo- sorry, every year. Right. Every so <laughs> no one's ready for a monthly Adam Sandler movie. Uh, but you know, they have he like is. Tyler Perry now. Yeah. <laughs> like Netflix has Tyler Perry now. Who knows? Like that's a very, I wouldn't say similar, but I would say, I guess similar is the best way to put it. Similar kind of broad comedy that people like, not me. Uh, so I think it's I coming back. Say- I've had this conversation with comedy friends of ours. Yeah. Because I think with everything that's happened in the last 15 months, there is a desire for absurd comedy like this, Mm -hmm. just like stupid, silly comedy. Because I feel like for a while, the comedy market was very, I don't know if intelligent is going too far but i think it was people wanted their comedy to say something sure they wanted to be like a commentary on something that was going on right which is part of the role of comedy but i think also part of the role of comedy is to just be silly yeah and stupid and i think with everything that's gone on last year there's a definite market for stupid absurd comedy like this so maybe there will be a new 
jerk. There, well, there's definitely, there was a jerk sequel produced by Steve Martin that we, that's, that's as much as I will talk about it. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. I don't mean a yeah. sequel. I mean something else, but this is the same, but different. I, I know what you meant. And somebody else thought the same thing was like, why not, <laughs> why not do a jerk sequel? Uh, um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like we're so close I think I think there are so many brands of comedy, and while we are in the phase of I want my comedy to speak to something that's going on in the world, and life is too heavy to be completely funny. Yeah, I like being silly. I I, I won't be afraid. I didn't watch Hubie Halloween, but I will say Adam Sandler's like brand of like just like no fucks given comedy is great. It's great to see that, and it's great to see something broad. It's great to see things like The Hangover. It's also or great like to see things. Eric Andre's Bad Trip. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it, but I've seen oh, clips it's, of it. The, it's, the, the pranks. The pranks are good, but the story itself is also surprisingly good. For, I, for I believe you. A series of sketches, essentially. I so like this is being put out months after we recorded, but I just watched Bo Burnham's Inside on on netflix have you watched it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i we will talk about this literally in the next podcast but i really enjoy it. actually i won't even say anything else about it our next podcast or our like in a week or two we'll be talking about this in depth. so i'll leave i'll leave it there but yeah good good and, and like I, I like i like again i like silly and i think he's someone who who rides that line of like being completely silly and sp- while simultaneously speaking to what we're going on what's going on in our world mm. anyways we, we've we've already made a judgment so we're still talking about this damn thing dan thank you thank you so much for doing this in in lieu of a regular sign off i'm just gonna say thanks for being a jerk you mean i'm gonna thanks stay down. this color bye